Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NXT Post Show Podcast. I'm Colin Tester, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE NXT 2.0. John, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Like I was saying before I went on the air, I'm feeling at least a little better about this show than I was at this time last week. The, the second week of the, the, the 2.0 era, if you will. Uh, we'll, get into all, we'll, we'll get into it. There's plenty of things to talk about. Before uh, before we do, just want to remind you all that this show that we do here at Drawstone is available on any number of streaming platforms. or at SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube, our podcast, or maybe we've got you covered so, John, tonight I feel like it, it hit a better balance of, you know, NXT of old and NXT of new. I felt like last week was definitely a, a 180 where we saw a bunch of debuts. And, and not only debuts, but again, we were talking about last week, having those debuts in very high-profile spots. You had Von Wagner in the main event title match. You had uh, a bunch of other newcomers. in. You, know, you had LA Knight losing to Braun Breaker in his first match and things like that. Uh, and DJ Gasse already showing some love for Braun Breaker. We'll get into the Braun Breaker here in a minute. But uh, with that in mind, I feel like this week definitely did strike a bit more of a balance of, no, it still did showcase these new faces, but there were definitely, you know, plenty of the old ones as well. And that was evident right away in the opening video package. You had, you know, guys, Cameron Grimes, Roderick Strong, Ciampa, obviously, and many others, and as, as well as many of these new faces in the opening video. So kind of second stage there. Um, I mean, I, based on what DJ said, let's just go off with uh, LeBron Breaker here. So the show started here with Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion, as we saw last week, winning the title there. And, and Ciampa kicked off the show with uh, a bunch of um, our own news writer, Dominic D'Angelo, called it the new generation, if you will, going all the way back to the 90s of... Uh, you know, WWE ushering in a, a new generation of talent there. And the NXT is very much doing the same thing. Chop was putting over the new talent. Uh, he, he he directly kind of put over Kamala Hayes, Odyssey Jones. I was talking about that. This led to this very chaotic brawl where Pete Dunne with Chalm came out. Everyone was fighting. And in the end, Chapa and Breaker stood tall. Kind of a callback to their confrontation last, not, you know, played confrontation last week at the end of the show setting stage for the main event tag team match here but what do you think about this very chaotic uh opening of the show where where this, everybody was fighting and kind of setting the stage for uh, at least some of the matches we saw here tonight yeah i definitely enjoyed that there was a nice balance of both new content and and kind of old content as far as uh they're delivering uh new segments new superstars new characters, stuff like that. At the same time, keeping you familiar with some old faces such as Cameron Grimes, Kyle O'Reilly, of course, Tommaso, and, you know, and uh, Dexter and Indy, stuff like that. So um, I'm curious to see how they build off of that. They tried to mix some new with old in almost every um, imaginable way, although there was some aspects of the show where it was only new stuff. Uh, and of course, some parts where it was only order stuff with the Kyle O'Reilly stuff at the very end of the show. So, uh, uh, before we get into anything specific about the show itself, I want to point out uh, there was a report earlier today from Sean Ross uh, at Fightful where he said that NXT was going to be uh, at the direction of Vince McMahon, leaning um, and into a more edgier and adult product. And that is mostly because they want to raise their main demo 18 to 49. And we saw this tonight, Colin. We saw um, uh, we saw Toxic Attraction uh, dressed very differently than normal or very differently than you're used to seeing the female superstars. 
and there was an uptick in the amount of cursing and 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 Wade Barrett made a reference about uh, Dexter uh, improving his oral skills before the honeymoon <laughs> with Indy. So there there definitely oh, there definitely were points tonight where we we could see this. So what are, what are your thoughts on kind of Vince giving the I don't want to say the okay, but more of the direction that they need to be a little bit more edgy. What do you think about that? I think that's you 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 perfectly just said it right there. I think that's the big difference. It's like it'd be one thing if Vince McMahon or or WWE management had said, okay, you know, we're going to kind of you know uh, take take the the breaks off and, and let it kind of just you know let, let the talent run loose, let Triple H or the team. We well, you know Triple H is, isn't you know at, at the helm right now, but in general, let the you know the people really running the show really at uh, at the helm there. Uh, kind of have free reign rather than some of these restrictions of it's a PG show, it's a family show. Even if NXT has tended to be a little more edgy, it still is part of the WWE brand. So there has been that limit, I guess. Um, but no, it, it definitely, and, and that'd be one thing where that feels less uh, less direct, but you just said yourself, this felt like, and especially with that report in mind, a, a direction. It's like, no, they want to be more edgy. They want to be more... Um, I don't want to say extreme, adult but oriented. adult like, oriented. And that's something we've like, heard. Yeah. That's something we've, we've heard many times, I think dating back to, I think like one of raw viewers really started to struggle, even as early as like 2019. Uh, that was something we, we had heard. Uh, and we've seen, we've seen it here and there. The Bobby Lashley Lonsler line comes to mind from, from back then. And so some things like that. Uh, Roman Reigns having the line about the, uh, the missionary positions. I mean, it, it's not like this is completely unprecedented, but tonight it was definitely a little more, or, or even a lot more uh, in your face. The cursing was definitely one thing that kind of uh, stood out to me. It wasn't cursing, cursing. Oh, well, I mean, Brown Breaker said, said ass at one point, stuff like that. Uh, they, had the, they had the Andre Chase uh, segment at one point where he got some curse words blurted out, which you wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have seen a month ago. Like that, we that's that was definitely a new touch. You mentioned the way the toxic attraction was dressed. That was another point where I noticed it as well, um, where that felt like kind of a, an early two thousands ish, like this. The, you know, that's just kind of what you people, to... I noticed people online were instantly uh, referring to this as I don't know if this was jokingly or serious, but basically of the early divas era, whenever they were more uh, they were they were they were looked at to be more like eye candy than in ring superstars. And yeah. I, d I don't think that's what they're going for here. I think they're going for a nice mix of dressing them more edgier while also making them still be in-ring superstars not just there for looks right. so i mean it's, it's a start uh, the part that gets me with all of this is I, I don't know if vince is just out of touch i mean obviously he is but what i'm getting at here <laughs> is uh is this really gonna magically just increase 18 to 49 viewership just because they're swearing more making more dirty jokes and showing more of the of the bodies of the women like that doesn't to me ring a bell that okay we're gonna see an uptick in viewership and now we're gonna have you know an extra 100,000 viewers every week just because we're doing this i think this is just to start i saw people teasing the idea that maybe eventually they would turn into a tv 14 show kind of like AEW is uh i don't think they're gonna get that far but they're certainly drawing a fine line with what they can do when they're uh, rated pg uh tonight definitely stretched the boundary there but i mean regardless uh, and and Nesha is commenting, you know, uh, how do they know what age group is watching? Well, 
Uh, Nielsen has the demographic ratings that come out the next day that tells them the exact age range and gender of their audience. So that that's basically how they get their, their good idea of who's watching. Uh, DJ commented, says, you know, is this like an attitude error for NXT? Um, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think it's definitely going to be different. Uh, they're calling it 2.0 for a reason. They want it to be known that it's a different product. The ratings did go up last week. I think they'll go back down to where they were pre uh, 2.0 era this week. But hey, you never know. SmackDown has been above 2.2 million for almost two months now. And, yeah. and th that, that's huge for them. So it'll be interesting to see what this was. But a lot of good stuff on the show tonight. Where, where, where do we start? I mean, just to wrap up this conversation about the, the Agitera comment, I, at least. I mean, it definitely feels like that's the intention, that it is supposed to be more edgy, as we were saying a minute ago. Uh, John, like you said, I don't think it's going to, part of the pun, but move the needle. I don't think this, is, this in itself is going to you know, result in another 100,000 viewers or, or whatever the goal for the, the demographic is. Because um, to me, I, I've it's my job to cover the ratings more often than not and it's it's fascinating to see you know how the the numbers you know peak and and you know and struggle at other points but um to me regardless and we said this before nxt 2.0 launched we i've been saying this for a while i've always at least hoped maybe naively that, that a good product will win out if you put on a good show the rest will follow uh for me smackdown isn't perfect but it's consistently a good show by and large um and and, and it's enjoying good views of numbers and nxt johnny mentioned a minute ago enjoyed a, a surge last week because people were very curious to see what this new nxt was all about and i would expect that to kind of likely drop pretty substantially uh here uh where we're gonna, likely going to get into those numbers tomorrow um but yeah, I, I think they could kind of build up those numbers over time if they play the cards, right? If they put on a good show, but that doesn't just mean more edgy things. I mean, again, I, I think it, it would be one thing if they just let, you know, took took the brakes off and, and did it that way, but now kind of trying to force that uh, objective and, and that maybe an agenda, I should say. Um, definitely, you know, that that's not going to exactly... Uh, fix things or, or improve the numbers, you know, it, 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 there, there, there's a lot that goes into it. But I definitely agree with you, John, and with some of the viewers here. There's a lot to like here. Ben Nogan saying he really enjoyed NXT tonight. Earlier, uh, DJ Garcia pointing out that uh, this show was better than last week, although there was no index wedding, so they can't all be winners. But <laughs> uh, I, thought was, I thought it was good. Uh, I guess we'll start with one of the bigger matches tonight. We finally got the Cruiserweight title match between Kushida and Roderick Strong. Kushida, unfortunately, had te uh, tested positive for COVID-19, I think, last month. So that match had been scheduled back then, and it got delayed. Uh, so unfortunately, we didn't really get as much of a build to that as we might have hoped. I mean, life gets in the way sometimes. Uh, John, you and I talked about it last week because they did announce it. So Roderick Strong won Diamond Mine with their, their new recruits, uh, and we're victorious, so so Diamond Mine definitely bring home some gold here, and that's a good way to uh, legitimize them here. And that's exactly what uh, DGSA is saying. So I'm glad this match got time. I, I thought as as long as that was the case, it would be very very good. Um, so I enjoyed it. I think both guys are very very talented. That that speaks for itself. Uh, the ending was a little wonky. I, I thought, you know, you, 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 you didn't really need Diamond Mine to interfere that much, and that's what Stephen Chambers is saying would have been better without that. But what do you think of this title change? And what do you think about what this means for? Um, for Radishon going forward, and also if, you, if you'd break down what we saw after the match, because there's definitely something to uh, to dig into there as well. Well, 
I don't like what this could possibly mean for Kushida because he rings me as one of those independent guys that they said, you know, we're, we're not going to move forward with her sign anymore. Uh, and I'm not saying that they're going to get rid of him. I'm just saying that I think he's definitely going to probably be lost in the fold to these new guys. Uh, and, and it speaks bounds that he lost the title tonight to Roderick Strong, who's that veteran guy who can really carry uh, an up-and-coming division full of basically brand-new people. This is essentially like when they introduced 205 Live for the first time. You had all these guys coming in. Some of them were well-known, but most of them were like new. You haven't really seen them before. And a lot of them didn't really turn out to be too much in the end. But uh, you never know what, what it's going to be this time. But, of course, Roderick Strong wins. He's the match. He's already getting thrown into a championship match again next week. Uh, what do you think about them just immediately throwing him into another title match again a week after? I mean... Unconventional, maybe a little bit. Usually you see at least like a one week of a, of a grace period, recovery period for a new champion. But at the same time, I kind of like that fighting champion. Even if he's a heel, I think that's especially unusual where it's like if there were a baby face coming out, they'd be like, all right, you know, who, who wants to step up? I'm a fighting champion. You see that all the time. But for a heel champion, I think that is a little more... Um, if not unprecedented, just definitely not quite the usual pattern. Uh, I will say, I, I tweeted about during the show. So they had Grayson Waller come out after Strong won the title. And first off, that, that kind of like turned me off. I was like, come on, Roderick Strong won the title. Let him enjoy the moment. This guy's been there for a couple of years. He definitely is, uh, especially now with all these changes in NXT, um, kind of surprisingly in some ways, like one of those members of the old guard where Adam, Adam Cole's gone. Uh, Chapa saw there, Gargano saw there, although Gargano was not on the show this week. But, you know, uh, he's uh, uh, kind of on that short list of guys that have been there for a while. So I thought he, he kind of deserved to have that moment in, in the sun of just like celebrating and enjoying it. And then you got Grayson Waller coming out. Waller, a guy that's been mostly 205 live, that we haven't really seen a whole lot on the main uh, NXT brand. Um, and he, he dances out to the stage and I tweeted about him like 90% of the time, if you have someone dance out to the stage, that's as good as burying them. I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think of No Way Jose, and some people make it work. You know, our truth dancing and rapping, like, that's his thing. It makes it work. But by and large, like, you, especially in this, it's going to be a title match. I can't take this guy seriously against Roderick Strong and, and the, the mighty diamond mine. And that's her since she likes uh, Grayson, actually. I'm sure he's very talented. I haven't seen his work. I don't tend to really watch 205 Live because there's just so much wrestling. It's on Friday at 10 o'clock, which directly overlaps with Rampage. I'm sorry. It's my job to cover that. Um, so I'm sure maybe I'll make it a goal to watch some of his matches before next week um, and to, to be a little more familiar with him. But that kind of took me out of it right away where it's like, you're going to have this guy go against Roderick Strong uh, for the title. I, and I even noticed for a title at first where, you know, I, he confronted him and, you know, I thought it was just for a match, but no, it is for a title. So uh, again, I guess ultimately good to have it as a, a fighting champion uh, in Roderick Strong. For for Grayson Waller, it's good, you know, where he gets to be in, in the spotlight there, and that's definitely the the objective again. Where it's old and new, Roderick Strong, Kushida, NXT of old, Grayson Waller, relatively NXT of new, although he was kind of slowly integrated at the very tail end of NXT as we had known it. Um, I'm sure it'll be a good match, but I'm not knocking that either. Um, but definitely that was one, one problem I had with it on, on both fronts of hoping that they would have kind of given strongest moment and also got, you got to stop dancing. Like it's just, it's not good. Um, especially, especially in a way, obviously it's, you could say that it's a, it's a buffet. It's a, you know, different styles of characters, but if you're going for this like more edgy program, like I'm not, I, I especially 
I'm going to have a hard time taking this guy seriously. So uh, I'm sure that'll be good, but that will be the only title match that we have next week because we know that uh, two-thirds of Toxic Attraction will be in action next week. Facing Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, it'll be JC Jane and Gigi Dolan uh, facing uh, the champions there. And, I mean, I feel like based on all of this, you know, emphasis on the new stars, new characters, new, 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 that Toxic Attraction could win here where, you know, especially I said it it was either last week or the week before when we saw Zoe and Io face um, Cade and Casey, this team is literally falling apart at the seams. We kind of saw that tonight where they were at least a little bit uh, uh, arguing backstage. And on the flip side, you had this this united front of Toxic Attraction, and which I thought was a pretty good promo. Mandy Rose was talking about how uh, she wanted to be the, the golden goddess again in, in NXT. She wanted, be the, she wanted to be the gift that uh, nobody could be with, but they could all look at, all this stuff. Uh, and she said she was ready to take over the women's vision uh, alongside Gigi and JC. And for their part, they said that uh, they they needed kind of this this purpose, this direction for their chaos, and they got it. So all these things uh, being put together, I, I'm kind of expecting uh, Toxic Attraction win next week. Would, would you agree, or do you think that that's just kind of a, a another notch in um, Zoe and Neo's belts there? Uh, I, I really don't think that the titles will be dropped quite yet. Uh, however... Uh, I've obviously been wrong before. Uh, I think that EO and Zoe still have that intriguing aspect of being a, an un... I, I, I'd call them an unreliable team because they don't get along. You feel like anything could happen. Where With this toxic attraction, they have time to still build and look better. Although with this new NXT, I could see them going in drastically different directions already. So it's really hard to say uh, with all these title matches next week, you'd have to think at least one of the titles will change hands. If all three, uh, looking at them on paper, this does appear to be the one that would result in a title change, if any. Yeah, I, I would think so. So when we mentioned that the Cruiserweight title match, I, I'm very sure we're not going to see any change there. Uh, Strong literally won the title at night. I'm sure he's safe. Um, this match, is, as, as, as I made my case, thinking that feels like it's pretty likely of the options here. And also, we do know that we will get uh, Raquel Gonzalez facing Fra- Frank, Frankie Monet next week. We'll talk about that a little bit here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even though this match won't involve Mandy Rose, having her kind of as the manager or, or associate of GG and JC does kind of give them even more uh, legitimacy. She's, she's kind of like what Paige was doing with uh, Kyrie Sane and Asuka. Yeah, and ironically, maybe in a way, what Paige was doing with um, Mandy and I think it was Sony back in the day as Absolution way back when. Yes. Um, so a nice little full circle moment there. But I, I agree with Nesha and DJ Cassie both saying that uh, Nesha saying it wasn't a bad promo for Mandy. DJ saying that uh, since Mandy's coming next to her promo's gotten better and rendering souls. And now I agree. I tweeted about doing the show. I think if they play the cards right, she could definitely be uh, a, a, at the very, very least a, a future contender for the NXT Championship. And I would even go as far as to say maybe the champion herself. Uh, and because I've been very, very impressed with her work since she arrived in NXT, especially I'll say the last two two weeks, I'd, I'd say, a really good match last week, and then the pretty good promo tonight. So, uh, but that leads us to talk about the NXT Women's Championship. So we do know uh, Raquel will face Frankie next week. That's a match that I've been looking forward to ever since Frankie arrived in NXT. I've been I'm glad that they I, I can't say that they both set up. It did feel pretty abrupt where they just kind of announced it and then that it got delayed. Um, Last week was supposed to happen, they got delayed. Um, but we do know what happened uh, next week. They had a brief segment backstage to tease it uh, tonight. 
Mikel, uh should retain is what Stephen Chambers is saying here. You'd like to see Kaylee Ray face Raquel. We saw Kaylee Ray in action as well. And I would definitely agree. Uh, I think that's where we're going. Although it would feel at least a little surprising to see uh, to see Frankie lose this quickly, you know, because I feel like she hasn't even had like five matches in XC. I feel like that's, that's we haven't correct, yeah. yeah, we haven't really seen her that much. So I think like a loss like this would be kind of kind of kind of derailing a little bit. Um and but Nash is saying the Frank oh I should say for that maybe for that reason, Nash is saying that Frankie should win. I don't know. I I, I kind of think they should have maybe uh built up a little bit more, was I just said we haven't seen Frankie in the ring that much. Um Yet again, I'm sure it's gonna be a good match, uh, but I'm I'm calling old fashioned. I like when matches kind of get built up and there are promos and angles and whatnot, whereas this one was thrown together and then delayed a little bit. Uh, do you think Raquel's gonna retain and potentially face Kaylee Ray, or do you think uh, you, you mentioned a minute ago let's see the women's side title match more likely for a change? But sir, and does Frankie have a shot? Uh, I think Frankie has a small shot, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that Raquel uh, is, is in line to keep this title for who knows how long until there's somebody that's up to that level again. I mean, we have so many female superstars. Ember Moon recently said she was going away and possibly repackaging herself. Uh, obviously, Candice LeRae is pregnant. Indy Hartwell is on a honeymoon, even though it appears she'll have a new tag partner when she comes back. So there's so much going on with the women's division. I just can't see them putting the belt on Frankie right now. Uh, and I like the comment from uh, Stephen Chambers. He says, Raquel should retain. I'd like to see Kaylee Ray versus Raquel. That would be interesting. I think that would also be a good direction moving forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, those were the three title matches we got next week. We got the tag match, the women's match, and the cruiserweight match. Uh this is the first time in the NXT 2.0 era that they're actually advertising stuff for the next week beforehand. We'll see how that pans out for them. Uh, but we have to talk about what I think is the, still the biggest part of this NXT 2.0, and everybody seems to agree. We have Rex Steiner, a.k.a. Braun Breaker, who was uh, in, involved in a promo at the beginning of the show. He was one of the last men standing with, uh, of course, Tommaso Ciampa. And then he was put into a main event match with none other than uh, Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. And we get the main event match going. And uh, there are, and, and me included, I don't, I'm not just trying to say everybody except me because I do agree with all of these takes. Uh, people are going crazy over Braun Breaker and his in-ring skills, his charisma, his promo. And look, I'm in kind of the same situation I was with this hit row stuff. Like I thought I you were going to say that. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't get why people are like already in love with this after two weeks. Like they're already saying, you know, he's the future. He's going to be huge. He's the next big thing. He's the next Roman Reigns. Like, explain to me. Is it just because of the family? Like, is is he really that good in the ring? I mean, I I saw a comment where. If he only started professional wrestling in February and he's only about seven to eight months in and he's already this good, they said, imagine what's to come. Uh, so break this down. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think about this? I think that's exactly it. If he only really started in February and I, I'll say that I think he's fine. If, and he's if only he 23. Can, yeah, he's young. Got a very good look. That's that's there's no really uh, disputing that. 
Um, Dodger looked good. I think he's holding his own. Usually, a lot of the time you see these young guys kind of get thrown in, literally into the deep end, and they kind of struggle, and uh, it's sink or swim, and, and they sink. And in this case, uh, he had uh, a confrontation with LA Knight last week, beat him. Then, then a little second with Champa last uh, last week as well. Tonight, it's out there with Champa. So the show has a brief promo, and he's in the main event. This is very, very old school stuff. Uh, and not even really old school, but um, like ruthless aggression era John Cena of just like very, very clearly uh, positioning him as the next big guy. Um, so I think there's something to that. And, he, and he's backing it up. You know, he, he looks, again, holding his own in the ring. I think he looks good. Uh, I think the last name definitely is a big thing. You know, everybody loves Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner. Um, he's got the, the, siren, the sirens in his entrance. Uh, he even sounds like Scott. He had a promo at night, and he, he sounded a lot like the Scott Snyder's promos back in the day. Um, and again, we're talking a little bit earlier about the cursing and stuff. And and I think like he has that kind of gritty uh, or uh, gruff kind of delivery there that kind of is a nice um, representation of that in a way. So I think that's another thing as well. Um, Nando, Francisco Nando, saying that Braun is a blue chipper of a, of a second generation talent. I mean, I think that that's definitely the big thing here. Or I point out they play football. Sorry, he's got that legitimate background. Um, and as DJ saying, as, again, I think the big comparison is about Scott Sarner, even though that's his his, his uncle. He's the son of Rick, uh, who also had a good a good career in the wrestling business as well. So, I think that's really the big thing. I think um, I may not be on, on on the hype train here, you know, where it's like I I think he's good, not great or anything i don't think he's going to be necessarily like future WWE champion or i'm not going that anything crazy there i think it's been good like and i think that's that's cool like uh, it's good it's good i mean in a way to have him uh maybe as the face of this this nsc 2.0 thing where it's like you know uh, rather rather than some of these kind of gimmick characters or some of these other things like this isn't this is more kind of traditional legitimate it's like okay you want to match team of the champion they, they they hinted at that last week now they had a match this week and they again kind of hinted at at least at hopefully the long-term play it, being, it being definitely a, appears that the direction they're going in is a title match between these two but and, and and we've said this numerous times the intriguing part is we have no idea when because there's no takeovers for the rest of the calendar year so it could be any week really uh, I think they will want to build this up a little bit, but I mean, it's very clear this is the direction we're going. Of course, we still have the news that Samoa Joe wants to come back when he can. Whether he actually will is a different story, but still, there there's a lot of different acts, aspects to this that we haven't had in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I think that you know that hopefully that, that uh, that's the long term thing you mentioned. Hopefully, building that up a little bit. And then uh, in a similar vein, Stephen Chambers saying it's too soon to give him a title shot. I would agree. I think you need to kind of build it up a little bit. Because, uh, again, he debuted last week. This was his second week on the show. Um, so if, if we're in that mindset of, you know, the John Cena-esque, you know, slowly building it up and, and going that route, then, yeah, you know, even if there's not a takeover, I, I probably wouldn't wouldn't do this match until, like, you know, December at the earliest, ideally. Um, and and Steven, Steven Chambers mentioning Cameron Grimes would definitely maybe be deserving of a title shot. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We did see him kind of... Uh, Join the party here earlier in the show when we had Champa and, and the rest of the uh, NXT newcomers in the ring there, and they had a, he had a fun line about how the NXT title is is the rocket fuel that he needs to get to the moon. So I think that's pretty fun. Um, you know that that could kind of be a, a, a nice little clash there uh, of two very distinct personalities. Two guys are very good in the ring. So I think that that's something that I would like to see at least, especially 
not really knowing what's going to happen with Samoa Joe. Uh, Kyle Riley, at least, and Storyline is injured. He interfered in the main event and helped uh, Braun Breaker pin Ridge Holland. So that was, you know, a good one for him. Um, but I'm, I'm not quite sure exactly, like, when he'll be fully back. You know, he's dealing with this, at least, Storyline injury there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Grimes could be a good short-term option. I, I'll actually about this. I want to hear your thoughts about it. So I, I thought we're in the show. Uh, Ciampa's giving this promo about being Mr. NXT. And I thought, you know, again, not knowing what's up with Snow Joe, uh, and, and and knowing or feeling like Brown Breaker is a, this long-term, supposedly long-term plan, why not have Ciampa and Johnny Gargano have one final match where we fi- where we get a better resolution to their feud? Obviously, the, the all the history, we had the one final beat that was uh, right kind of the outbreak of the, the pandemic era. Um I think that'd be that'd be pretty cool. And amidst all this change and the NXT 2.0 and all these things, I I kind of like that option. You know, I don't. And uh, granted, Johnny Gargano's contract is expiring in December, but I guess count twofold. They could do that with the possibility that he's leaving, or they could kind of try and push him uh, uh, back to the main event scene and hope to uh, kind of entice him to stay. I think there's something pretty cool about that. Yeah, I agree, and I think that we have to keep in mind that uh, there's a WWE draft next week, and a lot of these names that have been in NXT for a long time could be eligible to possibly come to the main roster. I mean, you do have names like Johnny Gargano, like Kyle O'Reilly, like Pete Dunne that have been in NXT for quite some time, even Kushida, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, etc., that don't fit the mold of this new school new build that they might want to just push to the main roster now. And I think there's something to be said that at least one or two names could be on the way up. I mean, I've already seen people floating around that uh, if Io Shirai does drop the belt next week, the tag belt, that she will move up to the main roster. And I think that's a good possibility. Yeah, I, I think I'd be surprised if uh, we didn't see at least some of those names you just mentioned move up move up to the main roster, even though NXT isn't like officially, as far as we can tell, uh, participating in the draft. Um, yeah, I, I would be pretty surprised if we didn't see that. You know, we it will just feel like a pretty big missed opportunity where it's like you've got all these talented people. Um, especially you mentioned a minute ago, uh, some of these people, Kushida, we were talking about earlier, potentially kind of getting lost in the shuffle here. Um, you know, if, if this focuses on all these younger, younger talents, these new faces, you know, I feel like some of these, some of these, uh, not old timers, but some of the, the NXT of old, you know, they'd be better off. Uh, on the main roster and and you know because i feel like the, all this change in xc it's very kind of unstable and and you know definitely some valid concern there so you mentioned gargano you uh Isaac walker mentioning Ra- raquel gonzalez uh Vanessa Curse mentioning frankie did you guys say even mentioning uh, tian shaw that'd be, that'd be something i do want to mention uh Trump gave an interview recently where a while ago he had made a comment about not really wanting to move the main roster and he shined some light on that saying he's not like against it but he at the time when he said that he was yeah he, he just had neck surgery so he didn't think it would be feasible advisable to to do the the full-time road schedule now the pandemic era had kind of changed that and now the w's back on the road again so uh you know i i feel like he still is in this kind of gray area of someone that you don't really th- I, I don't see him going to the main roster, but we know that he's not exactly against it. Uh, I think Ember Moon definitely would make sense, though. You mentioned earlier, John, that she's kind of teasing this, some kind of change. I will say I saw some 205 Live spoilers, and she's supposedly going to be on the show this Friday. And that's kind of telling to me that like she's on 205 Live 
I'm not trying to knock two or five live, but you know, that's, sure. that's, that's, uh, that's not great. Uh, whereas she's former, uh, former X women's champion. So that feels like she's kind of, you know, perhaps as we were saying about Kushida and some others, maybe I lost in a shuffle. So maybe they should kind of pull her out and, and bring her back to the main roster, having already been there. Um, and Michael company pointing out a guy like uh, Kyle O'Reilly could benefit as well, where, you know, uh, Based on what we've seen, doesn't doesn't seem like he'll be getting the title. I don't necessarily know about that. I mean, we still we we did not get to see him face Mojo. I don't, we did, never got to see him face Karen Cross one on one. He obviously did face uh, Finn Balor, but you know a lot has changed since then. Um, so I, I think that'd be a good good option as well. I just it definitely does feel like the draft could definitely overall benefit from from tapping NXT, especially amidst all these changes. So. Uh, I do hope that happens in, in some capacity. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, on top of that, we're talking about all these uh, these old faces here. Uh, but definitely saw some new ones tonight as well. Uh, look for the comment here. But we basically, so for the second week in a row, we saw a vignette for um, Tony D'Angelo. There it is. Did you guys say say Tony D'Angelo is intriguing me with his promos? Can't wait to see this guy back of his talk with his walk. I okay. So last week I was harsh on NXT 2.0 because some of these new it was this overload of new characters, overload of of new faces, and uh, in, in, in matches and in, uh, and in, in some of these vignettes as well. Tony D'Angelo, like my gosh, this is very much like a Azudera slash like ruthless aggression, very very like gimmicky stereotype esque character. Where it's like it's literally the, the Sopranos slash like mob boss kind of, or, or mob member kind of thing. Um, and we saw, granted, this is two weeks in, two pretty brief vignettes here. So I saw him, uh, but DJ, DJ is saying he likes his character. We saw uh, a vignette for Josh Briggs and uh, Brooks Jensen, I think. It yeah. is hard to keep track of all these names. My gosh, I said this last week. They they are, you know, overloading us all, all these names here. Um yeah, so it's hard to keep track, and, and I think that's to 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 a fault. That's that's not a good thing. Uh, it's good to have all this new talent, but just kind of overloading us like this. I can't keep keep, keep them straight. Uh, so we saw that. We saw that that they they were, were talking about their team. They had a bar. They were in a bar fight, stuff like that. Hence the the, the edgier uh, NXT here. Uh, then we saw uh, Joe Gacy had this interesting promo about um, not using like male privilege and being a conflict mediator. That was something so i will say however you feel about some of these characters at the very least i think it's fair to say that maybe unlike a good majority of the main roster some of these these you know even the people that are just getting called up they have distinct characters and to me that's something that i think the the main roster is missing at some points where it's like you don't always know exactly how who someone's supposed to be or like what the character really is. You can't say that about some of these guys in the NXT. Like you, they're making it abundantly clear exactly who some of these people are. And on top of that, I should mention, I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Andre Chase had Chase University. I think that could be kind of fun. Like all these kind of uh, distinct characters. Um, I don't know. I, I think they I'm seeing some potential here and I'm coming around on at least a little bit about, you know, that, 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 that some of these characters are a good thing. I, I'm, I'm warming up to it. I'll say. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I think you hit it right on the head. There are so many new superstars that are relevant on the show and having feature uh, segments, promos, matches to get more exposure. And uh, as anything, it's a new product. And I think if you give it a month or two and these people establish themselves and get feuds going, 
it's kind of like when you buy like the newest WWE video game and you download all created wrestlers and you make your own show and they're all new, but you, you get it together after two months and you know where direction you want to go and kind of who's going to make it and maybe who's going to be like a mid card guy. Uh, it's, it's wide open right now. And I'm very interested to see, you know, how it all turns out. Absolutely. There's definitely some, just a, a fun dynamic to that where it's like all these new faces and I, it, to me, it feels very clearly like a, a throw it at the wall and see what six kind of thing. And there, there's there's some merit to that where it's like, you know, you're, you're giving these people a chance. You're giving them a character. You're giving them, uh, I will say, kind of on, on a, some spectrum, you know, a, a prominent spot in, in some capacity. Uh, do Does that mean Tony D'Angelo is going to stick, you know, in, the, in that same metaphor? No, but they're, they're giving him a chance. They're going to give him a chance. It's, it feels like among others, Joe Gacy, I mentioned, Andre Chase, uh, Odyssey Jones, another guy, another guy that like, kind of came at the end of the, the old NXT era. And now he seems like a, among others, one of these featured guys here. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to be said for that. And that's not, that aspect isn't necessarily bad. And we saw as DJ pointing out here, Yvonne, why do you vignette? Uh, coming off his main event match last week, so that was not necessarily a, a one-off. They're they're clearly going to be uh, rolling with him at least uh, in the short term, trying to get him established as well. Um, so yeah, I, I'm coming around a little bit where it's like, all right, like I, I can appreciate really like trying to build up some of these new names uh, and seeing which one slash ones ideally uh, will work, and I think that's a good thing. So. Among another guy that we we didn't see as many full debuts this week, but we did see one debut, and as DJ pointed out, that was Dante Chen. I don't know much about this guy. I looked at his Twitter page just to see if any more information about him. So, And the broadcast team, thankfully, offered a little more information. They said he was at a tryout in Shanghai last year, got a contract. He's the first Singapore-born uh, superstar, so that's something. Uh, Laura Rock pointed out that he's a second-generation wrestler. Again, I, I'll have to do some research. But I'm not very familiar with him. Or she might be talking about Von Wagner. I'm not quite sure. But um, he beat uh, Trey Baxter, which is a little surprising because Trey had been in the breakout tournament. So, you know, they went with NXT new versus NXT slightly less new here. Um, but, yeah, again, with a mindset of really trying to uh, fully establish uh, these new names here. Um that was fine. Decisive match, uh, pretty quick. He had like kind of a, a wing clipper like uh, finisher here, the the one that Angel Garza, Angel Garza uses, and that's same thing was almost with a punch there. Um, yeah, I not much to say. I'm sure maybe next week or so we might get like a, a promo from him because we, we didn't like, get that here. It was just at the match itself. Um, were you impressed by Dante Chen, or or if not, slash, or if you are, maybe who impressed you the most among some of these new faces here tonight, John? Uh, I thought it was okay. I'd like to see more action before I make a good, you know, opinion on what I think of them. But of course, uh, the first time you see somebody, it's always hard to judge based off of one match, especially if you haven't seen them before. And especially if they're not even independent wrestler where there's really no content to go off of at all. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, just because of all the hype surrounding them, I have to say, uh, Braun Breaker is probably the best so far. And, Maybe it's because that's what they want us to believe. Maybe it's because I've just read into the, the opinions of everybody else. And maybe it's just because, you know, he's a big name and he has relations to the pro wrestling business. So there's, there's so much to go off of. All's basically to summarize is that uh, the future has arrived very quickly. And I think people should give it a chance, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, again, I, the things I didn't love tonight, like to me, they still felt a little too like 
little too much of an overload where it's like again you're still throwing all these new names in and even if they're like not as many like new names it's still just like a pretty solid group that they're trying to get over at, at the same time uh and again it's kind of hard to really uh invest in any one when it's just like this uh group you know i, I think maybe again not to uh tuesday night quarterback but maybe it'll be a little better off trying to spread it out i heard one comment uh from online where someone said maybe they're just trying to get all these debuts out of the way i don't know if that's the best mentality if it's like i wish i'm trying to get it all out of the way so then then we can proceed like i don't know about that um but i don't know i i again as i said a minute ago i like the idea that they're trying to kind of establish some of these new stars and that you gotta do it somehow so maybe maybe there's some merit to to actually just kind of throwing them all out there uh and seeing what happens but um yeah again i i was pretty down on it last week but it wasn't too too uh negative as, as i was watching i was i tried to give it a little more of a shot and i think it worked so um uh, among other we did see Electra Lopez uh, last. I think she debuted in the ring. A teacher pointing out that uh, she debuted in the ring here. Uh, she faced. I don't know if I caught the name, but she you know won a pretty decisive squash match and set up a no DQ match with B Fab for next week. So the feud between Hit Row and Legado continues. Someone commented a minute ago saying they're tired of this feud, and it seems like we're saying that it wants to end already. Um, Again, in lieu of a takeover, I feel like at some point we're going to get Santos Escobar versus Swerve Scott for the North America title, and that might be it. And kind of, I'll, I'll pair it with, um, I think Nando. Yeah, Nando's saying he wants Halloween Havoc. Ideally, it's almost October now, so without a takeover, ideally we will still get Halloween Havoc. I haven't heard anything about that. I imagine we, if if it is happening, we'll hear at some point fairly soon. Um, so yeah, I think that might be a good stage for that as a mini takeover of sorts because this feud has been going on for a while and, and i think it might be time to uh time to time to wrap it up but what do you think about uh bfab facing uh electropis next week uh, i'm interested to see how it ends up i think the end result might speak about what we're going to see between the when the when the men eventually wrestle so i think it might foreshadow a little bit yeah you know, I, I I would agree. I'm, I'd expect some shenanigans of interference and or whatnot, uh, and again, potentially setting up uh, that 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 title match that I've been wanting to see for a while. I hope we will see that at some point soon. Curtis Martin asking if we review AEW. The Diamond Dudes of Rampage cover all things AEW. So, uh, make, as I said earlier in the show, make sure to check out uh, our all of our feeds, whether it's uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. You know, uh, Dominic and Marcus do a great job covering all things AEW, so they usually do that on the weekends, and they break down. On all things AW, so make sure to check that out. Um, but yeah, I think uh, having, a, I will say, even though the feuds are going, going on for a while, having Hit Row and Nagato continue to feud, uh, I don't know, it's a nice kind of like bridge to the old NXT of like, okay, at least that not everything's totally new and crazy. Like, like that's something we've been, uh, you know, building up for a while now. Uh, but again, looking forward to next week, knowing we'll have the, the, the title matches, the index honeymoon. Um, I think we're in for a good show next, next week as well. But overall here, John, what, what do you think about the second outing for NXT 2, uh, 2.0? Oh, boy. I would give it a 7. An average, an average 7, I think, out of 10 is, is a good rating. I think it was a nice build off of what they did last week and a lot of promising stuff that we might see in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, Steve Chip is giving a seven. Next Chris the six. DJ pointing out that we did see Ozzy Jones uh, squashing two jabronis here in a handicap match. 
So he's definitely, it feels like even at the end of the NXT of old, he was being positioned as a top guy, uh, great size, good look. So definitely expecting him to uh, be kind of in, in, the, in the spotlight here moving forward. So hopefully he'll have some kind of feud. Uh, I think he had, um, oh, he had kind of a, a brief confrontation with LA Knights. So maybe we'll see that uh, come to the, come to the forefront at some point soon. DJ Garcia giving tonight's show a nine, nine out of 10 there. Uh, it's the French one, Nando giving it a 7.8 ducks. Everybody <laughs> uh, giving it a 7.5. Laura Rock with 7.7. Michael Kent with a 6.5 as well. And that's just saying it was decent, but nothing special. I don't remember what I gave it last week, but I would definitely actually I can't say that because I love the wedding last week. So I, I think I rated this last last week pretty highly because of that, even though I didn't love the show itself. Uh, without index, you know, knock show a little bit for that. But for what we did see tonight, I will say it was definitely a step in the right direction. I'd probably give it a seven as well. I, I thought it was definitely uh, an improvement, uh, more of a, a better balance between, you know, maybe the the revamp and the NXT of old. So, and that's what I kind of wanted. If they're going to go for this new NXT, I would hope they wouldn't have thrown out the old NXT. So that's yeah, definitely a step in the right direction. Hoping to see more more of the same of that kind of uh, more better balance going forward here. But uh, definitely looking forward to next week. Those three title matches. Nesker is pointing out. She said earlier in the show, she uh, thought we would see the honeymoon tonight. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have to wait till next week. I will say, you know, I know that, especially, John, I know you don't necessarily uh, always care for Index here, but uh, for, for that reason, maybe having um, having it spaced out like that, where they're not on every single week, there's something, something to be said for that, uh, so they don't quite get stale, um, at least as soon, you know. And, and I think that's a good idea, where, like, you know, draw it out a little bit, and we can kind of pretend they're actually on the on the honeymoon, and we'll, and we'll get the the full report next week. I think that's pretty fun. So, uh, look forward to start next week. Otherwise, uh, John, you and I will be back here on Monday. Actually, yeah, we'll be here on Monday to talk about Raw, but uh, Section Rules is on Sunday, so we'll figure out the coverage for that. John, you'll be there in person as always. Our boots on the ground. Otherwise, uh, Rob Dufres and I are here on Saturday morning to talk about Friday SmackDown. I mentioned a minute ago that the Dynamite Dudes of Rampage cover all things AEW. Otherwise, we've got a great stream of interviews coming at you guys. Bill Pitcher recently interviewed Mojo Riley, uh, Paul White, Sam Punk. I interviewed former WWE star Fandango. Uh, so we'll make, uh, that'll be dropping at some point this week. So make sure to check out, as I said, all of our feeds, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So, John, with, a, with an improvement this week, it made it easy, at least a little easier, to do the one thing we do here at Wrestling. And can yeah, tell me what that is. Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just missed the button.